0: It's been almost two months since we launched SheLaunch, and you know when you love something so much that you want to do it every single day? That is me on the coaching calls inside SheLaunch. I literally want to do them every single day. I love it. And for those of you that have not heard of SheLaunch, it is for female coaches, consultants, and service providers who are wanting to earn six figures online with their dream business. Inside, we teach sales, marketing leads, mindset, AI, offer mastery, and so much more. We also have just launched the She Launch CRM. Yep, we have our very own amazing CRM now, which I'm so excited about. Now, I believe this is the best online business and mindset training for female entrepreneurs, but don't take my word for it. Here is what Eilish has to say about it. The community is absolutely incredible as well. That's another thing that I really love about She SheLaunch. Again, I've been in masterminds where the community's been either dead in the water or it's just had a weird vibe. <laughs> And with She Launch, the community is nurturing, they're really kind to each other, they're so supportive, and you feel like you are part of something really special. So if you are thinking about joining, jump on a call and then see what you think because I know that you won't be disappointed. And this is what Rita thinks. I had absolutely loved every second of the She Launch program. I cannot explain how deeply transformative it has been for me personally. I am eternally grateful. It is worth every cent and I would highly recommend it to anybody. And here's what Belinda thinks. Signing up for She Launch is one of the best decisions I ever made. The content is extensive and Groundbreaking, amazing. Uh, Melissa and all the team are so supportive, helpful, always there for you, and really loving kindness. Plus, the connections I've made with the ladies that are in the group have been exceptional. We're all a team, we all support each other. If you're going to do something, sign up for She Launch. It's amazing. Babe, I would love and be honoured to work with you. All you have to do is head to Shelaunch.com for all the details. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Head to Shelaunch.com and I cannot wait to meet you. This is episode number 26 with Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. The Melissa Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world. So that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? beautiful. Personal Development's power couple Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles are world-renowned innovators and pioneers in the emergent wisdom movement. As founders of the groundbreaking Bridge Method, which includes their live workshops and various online training programs, they have created a movement of transformation that has taken humanity by storm through their unique and passion-filled approach to sharing age-old wisdom. Using social media as their main source of connection and distribution of their lively educational videos, they've built an incredible tribe of loyal fans around the globe who aren't just inspired by their work, but are empowered by it. Now, when I first met this epic power couple, it was like instant besties. These guys are the real deal, so open, honest, and incredibly generous, which makes me want to do, be, and give even more. In today's episode, we hear about their epic love story and how they found each other, their beliefs around the one and soulmates, How they move through challenges. The biggest game changer for their relationship. How they dance between the masculine and feminine energies. How they live and work together. The best relationship tips ever. These are epic. Why sex is the key to relationships and deep love. Biggest thing that's challenging them about each other and how they move through it how they keep their love blazing, the common misconception about their relationship, how they fill themselves up so they are overflowing and can be of service to each other, how they inspire each other and how you can inspire your partner, Plus, so much more. For everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 26. And without further ado, let's dive into the very first episode of Relationship Goals with Alexi and Preston. It's pretty hard these days to be on social media and not see the popular hashtag Relationship Goals. In a nutshell, people all over the world are using this hashtag to basically indicate when they see a relationship that inspires them. It's a beautiful movement and a topic I'm very focused on right now as I'm putting the finishing touches on my next book, which focuses on love, relationships, and soulful sex. And I am super excited today to kick off the very first episode of Relationship Goals with Alexi and Preston. Alexi and Preston, before we dive in, can you please tell us what you both had for breakfast this morning?
1: Well, um, I cooked us some eggs with onions and then I had a protein shake and a green juice.
2: Yes, I had a pea protein with a bunch of different herbs, including adaptogens and antiox and adrenals and uh, a bunch of other things that I'm taking because I'm on a protocol because I uh, got a nice, well, three interesting, beautiful parasites uh, traveling all over the world. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, nice. I know what that is all about. (laughs) It's not fun. No. (laughs) Well, guys, I am super honoured and so excited to have you on the show today. And I am a massive sucker for a juicy love story. So can you take us back to how you guys met and where the story of Alexi and Preston all began? (laughs)
1: yes it's quite the story it's a juicy one
2: for sure um first of all i'd just like to point out that i am a sucker for people saying sucker instead of (laughs) (laughs) instead of saying sucker um thank you for having such an Aussie accent it just really just makes my heart smile so uh, we'll start there um yeah um our story is like a movie and it's sort of like your story um, and, and how you and the hubby got together. Um, I'll start here. I was on my mission to spread love all over the world. And I was taking workshops and I was reading a bunch of books and I was just on a mission. And mm, I was dating and, you know, I wasn't really conscious in that area per se. I wasn't even really that focused on it. Um, because I was so focused on my mission and what I was creating in the world. And I went to a party and this woman, uh, said that she was going to do everybody's human design charts. And, uh, long story short, she did everybody's charts and she did mine. And while she was reading mine, she made this like funny sound and made a face. And I said, well, what's that sound and face? And she was like, well, it's interesting. Um, she was like, you know, it essentially says here that you're here to do great things and that you're going to. Uh, shift and change the world and do big things in the world, but you'll never be as great as you could be uh, without your queen, without your partner next to your side. And for me, I would never even considered thinking about the one. And so this was like, whoa, okay, interesting. So fast forward to a few weeks later, I'm at another gathering and I'm talking to this guy, Richard, and he starts to explain that he does this thing called human design charts. And so instead of me uh, telling him that I've done one before, I say, hey, could you do mine? Because I wanted to see if it was crap or not. And so he did my chart and he got to a certain part and he went, hmm. And I'm like, okay, what's that sound in that face? And he was like, well, Preston, you know, I already know you're doing really big things. And, you know, it essentially points to that you're going to be doing great things, but that, you know, you'll never be as great or step into your power uh, until you have this counterpart. You're one. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I went to one more function and somebody said and brought up something in this same light. And for me, this was like third time's a charm. Okay. So I decided to do six months of celibacy, not letting any of my fluids leave my body in any sense of the word. And so um, it was beautiful and it was amazing. And about three months in, I recognized that not only was uh, I I was, you know, empowered and I was vibrating higher and I was attracting all of these amazing women but i was also attracting amazing people across the board and so i came out of that you know uh, 6 months later and i started dating again and uh, as i was dating i received a message from a friend who i hadn't spoken to in years and the message essentially said hey p um i'm out here in london with my boy's girl and um I'm pretty sure I just met the female version of you. You guys are going to be working together. She's doing amazing things. I want to connect you guys.
1: So here's the cool part about my story is I'm out in London seeing if there's some potential with this relationship with a friend of mine that we've kind of started dating and we've been friends for a while. But, you know, I was not focused on finding my one either. And quite honestly, the whole Preston connection was a work connection for me. You know, I was focused on building my mission. I was focused on my platform and I was focused on really getting to collaborate with amazing people who are up to extraordinary things in the world. That's so, messed
2: up. That's <laughs> messed up, baby.
1: <laughs> so, so, this friend sends a message and I'm just kind of like, yeah, cool, whatever. I don't think too much about it. We, I guess, we exchange a couple things on Facebook, but I didn't respond to the last one. Fast forward to two weeks later, where we end up at the same spoken word, like poetry night in this small little venue in Venice, California. And him and I are both late. Preston and I are both like going with different people. And they. I was on a
2: blind date or a semi blind date um, that she's skipping most of the story. um, (laughs) And I know that that's the part you actually want. Um, She didn't tell you that she was living in New York years before. And got this hunch, this hit.
1: Yeah, to move to LA. And it made no sense, logically. I had a, you know, six figure career in New York City that I had spent over a decade building, just bought a place, renovated it, and all of a sudden I get this intuitive hit to like drop everything and move to LA. And I had no idea why, but I followed it and sure enough, a year later is when I met Preston. So
2: Yes. She moved to LA to hang out or stayed with this guy named I won't say his name and (laughs) my friend.
1: who's like my brother
2: and his friend fell in love with Alexi and decided that he was going to marry her. And so he is this like semi like B famous actor in LA and he's on a TV show. And so he enrolls Alexi into flying to London, but he misses his flight.
1: So Ivan spent the whole first day with his friends who picked me up at the airport one of which was Preston's college roommate who was like, "Oh my gosh, you're the female version of this dude Preston. He's doing similar stuff. I have to connect you guys." And like I was saying, we never actually like planned to meet up, but the universe brought us together anyways and ended up at this amazing spoken word night that I wasn't even supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. And because we were both late, The the show was sold out and there were no more seats. And the guy running the show built a row in the front and ended up sitting us right next to each other. And we had this moment where it's like, Lexi, Preston, what? Oh, you're that? Oh.
2: Yes. (laughs) And so just to rewind just a little bit, before I got to the show, the morning before that, I woke up at 6 a.m. on the dot and I instantaneously knew that whoever my one was, that I was going to be meeting her very soon. And I knew I had a, uh, you know, a blind date set up um, for that that uh, that next day or whatever. And so um, I went on Instagram and on Facebook and I posted a picture of two wolves kissing. And I said, I can feel her coming, dot, 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 hashtag wifey, hashtag the queen is on her way. And I posted this, not knowing whoever she was. And uh, that night... Um, the, the The girl knocked on the door. I opened the door. I instantly knew it wasn't her, but I went upstairs and I took some time and really asked the universe for guidance and what came back was, "You have to go like I, I, absolute yes. And on the way to the event, um, I hit every single red light on the way there, like just I would drive for like five seconds and then the light would turn red and I was getting really frustrated at first, and then eventually um I got that there was something there and we get to the show. They say they oversold the show by 10 seats. You're going to have to stand on the wall. The guy says, actually, you two, uh, I'm going to add two more chairs. And there was a bunch of other people waiting for these chairs, but he just grabbed me and my date and he sat us down and I looked at the stage. I looked at my date and next to her was Alexi. And in that moment, I instantly knew that this was my wife and Unfortunately, Alexi didn't know the same thing. (laughs) So
1: I I was not looking like Preston was. You know, Preston had this seed planted that his one was, you know, somewhere. And for me, I was just like focused. (laughs) So I was seeing Preston. I was like, Oh great, we should totally meet up and talk about work. (laughs) So we set a date to in my mind talk about work and in his mind
0: it was a date. And
2: And it ended up being a date and the rest is history.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, guys, this is just so beautiful. I like, oh my God, that whole time I was just had my eyes closed and I was taking on this beautiful journey with you. So thank you so much for sharing that beautiful, beautiful story. And I can absolutely relate. But I'm curious to know, before you guys met each other, did you believe in the one?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, I had, I had the romanticized idea in the back of my head that there was somebody out there that would be my match, that would be my equal, that would inspire me and call me forward. But I also had this kind of rational, maybe, I don't know, the side of me that was kind of like, I don't know if that exists. Like, does that really exist? And is there only one or is it that we're supposed to meet certain people along the way and have this kind of unfolding until it's done and then we move on. But then in meeting Preston, it was this different feeling. It was a completely different um, just feeling in my body around what love meant and this experience of actually forecasting and seeing my future and seeing our visions so aligned and just getting that this is when the one would actually work because we're just so aligned in so many ways and it feels so different than anything I had experienced before.
2: I would say I I don't, I didn't even think about it. I don't even think dudes really like spend that much time on that (laughs) until it's in their face. And you know, the funny thing about guys is, is once we know like we are super, super um, decisive. Um, And so the moment I, I really, and here's the crazy part. If you would have asked me seriously before then, I would have said, yeah, there's, there's a one and there's soulmates, but it probably like that doesn't happen to everybody. And it definitely doesn't happen like it does in the movies and all of that stuff. But in reality, that's kind of what happened for us. Like it was instant for me. I, I, the moment I laid eyes on her, I knew she was my one period. It was easy to
0: Stop it I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's so beautiful guys. <laughs> it's so beautiful because everything you're saying I absolutely resonate with. I did not believe in it and then you experience it and you think these fairy tales are just made up mumbo-jumbo, and then when you experience it, you go, "Oh my gosh, this is what they were talking about. I had many friends say to me, when you know, you know. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> totally, yeah. me too. I was like, come on, really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but for someone who's a little bit of a skeptic and doesn't believe that there is a one, what would your advice be or who has not experienced it?
2: Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, here's the thing. It's, I'm, I am a firm believer of we create our own reality. And it is done unto you as you believe. And so if you say there is no one, then perfect. Here's the other tricky thing about my philosophy on relationships and, um, soulmates is we have many soulmates mm-hmm. out of the, out of the, you know, however many billions of people we have on this planet. I think it's seven billion, eight billion, seven plus at this point. Anybody that we come in contact with out of that many billions of people, in my opinion, is a, is a soulmate. Now, there are special um, circumstances and special heart connections that are meant to be uh, more deep and longer, maybe. But, you know, I also don't subscribe to this, you know, stay together for 40 years and hate each other the whole time kind of thing. Like, you know, take the, the time and stuff away. We're meeting soulmates all the time. Now the people that I dated before Alexi were all awesome, but they weren't it. And, and I do believe that there is a soul recognition that happens when you meet that person or persons that like literally makes you go topsy turvy. You know, like I couldn't even talk when I first met Alexi. I was like, hi, hi, um,
1: my name is Preston.
2: Like I just, I just didn't even know how to be in my body, you know? And so, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I would add to that as well. I mean, there's so much that's given to us as far as information and signals and cues. And I would always advise anybody to look at the type of people they're attracting. You know, from right where you are, what type of person are you attracting into your into your field? And look at that as feedback. That's completely feedback for how you're either showing up or not showing up. And for anyone who's a skeptic, like, there's no way. I keep meeting these guys and they're, you know, not the guy and they're all kind of, you know those types of guys, I don't want to swear, but they've got a particular type of way about them. Then I always have our clients when we work with them question, what about you? What about your context is attracting that type of person? Mm -hmm. Because then you've got a clear direction on where you need to go to work. And honestly, both Preston and I did so much work on ourselves prior to meeting each other that when we did finally meet each other, we weren't coming from this void. We weren't coming from a space of, oh, you need to complete me. You need to make me feel better. It was, I've done the work to complete myself. I'm still in that process and I'm committed to it. And now you're a reflection of that. Mm. And I think that's what truly changes the caliber of people you meet is the commitment and the steady work on yourself.
0: Mm, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying here, especially the part about having many soulmates. And I firmly believe, and I talk about this in my next book, which is coming out in December, that your soulmate is whoever you declare it to be. And it's who you choose to give that title to. And you can give it to 50 people if you want to, whatever feels right for you. Or you can choose to, you know, give it to one person. it's, it's totally personal and yeah, so I absolutely agree with you on that. And I also, you know, can relate to the fact that you guys did so much internal personal development work on yourselves because Nick and I were exactly the same. And so when we came together, we came together as two wholes and not with these voids. And you, you spoke about alignment before and when two whole people come together and they're aligned, like it's just, you know, fireworks are sure to happen. But something that I am really fascinated about is when those things do come up, you know, because things are going to come up. And yes, we've all done a lot of work on ourselves. How do you guys move through the stuff, whether it's your own stuff or stuff together, because there's there's going to be Preston stuff, there's going to be Alexi's stuff, and then there's relationship stuff. But how do you guys move through it? Do you have any tools or tips or tricks? Because I'm sure everyone would love to hear your insights.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many things. I think the first thing is grace, like really giving ourselves some grace and some space to be human. Because if you've got this impossible fantasy standard of, you know, we're never supposed to fight, we're never supposed to disagree, then you're setting yourself up for disaster. And both Preston and I have found that changing our relationship to our disagreements has been probably the biggest game changer because instead of going into it with this fatalist attitude of like, Oh my gosh, this is going to destroy us. This is going to make things worse. We now say, okay, this is going to give us a breakthrough. It's going to allow us to understand each other in a deeper way. And it's going to bring some clarity to something that needed to come up and really needed to be looked at. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what we like to call bringing unconscious agreements to the conscious and creating a new space together. So any disagreement is, you know, two different sides fighting for their side to be right. You know, I've got my opinion and I believe it's right. He's got his opinion and he believes it's right. So whenever we're having a disagreement, it's the two of us really saying I want to be right about this. This is the way it should be and I need you to fold to my beliefs. So when we know that, and we know that I've got my own programming, he's got his own programming, and we've got our own history that has developed this idea of what is right versus what is wrong, then we can bring what we believe our unconscious agreements are to the table and say, okay, here's how I think this should go based on what my mother did or my father did or what my friends do or my belief system or my past or my insecurities or my jealousies. And he would say, okay, well, here's what I think we should do based on the same things. And we'll look at it and we'll say, is this empowering? Do we actually choose this from our conscious mind as a couple? Does this fit our new paradigm, our new maps? And if it doesn't, what do we want to create together that works as a conscious agreement for the two of us?
0: Mm, So it's really, really about crystal clear communication. Oh, yeah. It's about, you know, speaking from your heart. I find if I ever speak from my heart to Nick, I reach his heart. But if I speak from my head, from my ego, I'm going to reach his ego. And then it's just like two bulls butting against each other. And it's not going to serve anyone. And there's going to be no growth at the end of it. So do you guys agree?
2: Yeah, kind of. So, so this is the thing that I would say, um, there's always growth if wherever we choose it from, right? So sometimes Alexi, both of us are a type personalities who both are used to being the boss. And so,
0: um,
1: (laughs) true story,
2: you know, it's not, you know, we have probably a lot more fire than most couples do in their relationship because we're both quote unquote CEO mentalities. Like we have this controller thing that we're both navigating. And so, um, you know, relationships are snowflakes. You know, there's not a single relationship and that's one of the things I'm constantly reminding people, um, is not to take relationship advice, you know, from people who a are not in relationships, um, and B (laughs) who, who don't have a similar type of through line that you have in your own, you know, they're all so completely different. And so for, for me, um, this whole understanding, I'll, I'll use a metaphor of a business, right? So, understanding your personnel saves and creates a lot of room and space in the relationship. So I wouldn't ask my VA to do what an online business manager would do. I wouldn't ask my, you know, my social media manager to, uh, you know, create a spreadsheet for my accounting, right? So, So it's the same thing in our relationship. Like as we get to know each other's triggers and patterns, Uh, which is what we call conscious and unconscious agreements, then we begin to speak to each other's listening and set each other, set each other up uh, for a win-win. Right? So I I have to, and I get to, I choose to, I'm blessed to set Alexi up in my listening where I don't take most of the stuff that comes up personally, because if I am taking it personal, we're going to be fighting and that happens and has happened. And I'm so grateful that it has because there's so much, every no, right? Every fight, every argument, every disagreement creates an opportunity for expansion. And so every time we have gone into the arena <laughs> with our egos, we come out with more um, being more of ourselves and understanding the blueprint from which we want to live. And contrast when it's all said and done is what makes life amazing. Yeah. Like I literally have no understanding of left. If I have, don't have the contrast of right.
1: And the great thing too, about this type of, you know, speaking to each other's listening is you're really looking out for how your partner operates. And a big lesson for me that might be helpful as well is knowing how your partner expresses hurt and pain Yes, is really painful, uh, really powerful. And for instance, Preston shows his hurt and pain Through passion and anger. And for me, I show my hurt and pain through crying and tears. And it doesn't make his pain any worse or any better than mine and vice versa. So it's just about understanding when he gets into that place, Oh, he's hurt. Okay. What does he need for me now in this moment to heal that part of himself? How can I support him as his partner to heal that part of himself and vice versa? And that brings us to another really easy tool. Whatever you feel like you're missing and whatever you feel like you're waiting on from your partner, like, oh, I'm just waiting on them to apologize to me, or I'm just waiting on them to give me more affection. Whatever you're waiting on from them, give that to them first. Step into the arena and give them exactly what you feel you're lacking because it's always us. It's never them. It's always us. And whatever we feel is missing from the equation is always us. And so when we bring it, we open up the space to receive it.
2: It's what you do. It's what you do with Nick. When you move from that heart space, Exactly. you open up the space for him to be in his heart, which is fantastic. And bravo to you, because that is not always the easiest thing to do when the egos are flared up.
0: Absolutely. So being quite strong personalities, both of you, the type A, the CEO type of personalities that you both are, that is more of a masculine energy. And I talk a lot about understanding the masculine and the feminine energies in every relationship and even within ourselves, because we have both within ourselves. So how do you guys dance between the masculine and the feminine energies and and what's your understanding and how do you navigate your way through that?
1: Yeah. I think for both of us, it's, it's truly about honoring all sides. And I think for a long time, I had this understanding that if I'm driven, if I'm ambitious, if I'm an A type of woman, that means I'm quote unquote masculine, but doing a deeper dive into it for myself, I actually recognize the feminine qualities within that as well. And Going to Africa and being with women of different cultures, seeing their drive and their commitment to really create change in their communities and their families, that's a feminine quality as well. So For for me, it was really about having this more holistic view of the masculine and feminine traits and getting that within every seed of the yin, which is the feminine – is the yang. And within every base of yang is the seed of the yin. So it truly is this integrated approach to what masculine and feminine means. So while I'm in my masculine, while I'm driving forward, I'm also operating for my feminine in other ways. And same with Preston. And it's really interesting as well, because, you know, we recognize that If you have tons of yang, it's going to activate the yin. If you have tons of yin, it's going to activate more yang. And for Preston and I, our mission is to really be in that beautiful space of balance, that middle ground of what's needed for me in this moment. And when we can move in the moment, moment to moment basis, it's truly when we can step in powerfully and go, okay, right now I'm feeling very yang. I'm in my masculine. I'm in go, 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 go. And right now my man needs some yin. He needs me to soften. He needs me to take care of him. Okay, let me step into that. And it's truly this moment-by-moment moment decision and choice and awareness that supports the, the foundation of our relationship.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. I am just like nodding over here to everything that yeah. you're saying It's so beautiful. And I absolutely agree with everything that you're saying. So let's get practical for a second. You guys live and work together. How do you make this happen? I'm sure there's so many people out there that would love to know how you do this with grace, which is one of your core beliefs. You know, what are your tips to make this work?
2: Well, tip number one is fun. Fun. We make sure that we have shared experiences. We make sure that we schedule in play every day. We make sure that we take breaks and actually honor that, you know, life is, is, is about the profane and the profound and, and actually being in the game instead of being so focused on the, the, the product that we miss the process. And so for us, you know, for instance, we're about to head to L.A. for a month and then we'll go to Greece for just under three month, three weeks and then we'll go to uh, Uganda yeah. to trek with the gorillas and then we'll go to Tanzania to build clean water wells and then we'll go to London, London UK to lead a workshop and Toronto. then we'll go to Toronto and then we'll go to Burning Man and then we'll go to Hawaii for a month and then we'll Australia. go to Australia for a month and a half and so all of that right which is a lot every single bit of that there are trips and things scheduled in that are just play, that have nothing to do with work. And whether it's a day where you know we're doing 12 hour days, we still take breaks, kiss, chase each other, tickle, run around the house. I have this thing where I like to surprise her when she's not looking and like tackle her and like <laughs> do these strawberries <laughs> or zerberts on her stomach, whatever you guys would call them in Australia. Um, <laughs> But uh, I
0: call them blubbers where I was
2: from. Blubbers, zerberts, strawberries. <laughs> what, what do you call them, Melissa?
0: We call them strawberries.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, practical tip number one is make sure that you play and create shared memories, so you, so, so we don't get so serious.
1: Yeah, and I'll add to that. It's kind of like a, a part two or number two is moving the energy. So many partners that we have coached and that we have worked with don't understand why their love life is just completely dull and lackluster, yet they've been doing the same things over and over and over and over and over again. They need spontaneity. You need some, like, liveliness and movement. And that's the biggest thing for Preston and I. We're so blessed that we run our own businesses that we can literally pick up and, you know, shut our laptops and go, let's do something crazy right now. And, you know, we lived in Bali for a little bit and we would just shut our laptops jump on the scooter and go to a waterfall for two hours and experiences like that. And spontaneity having this like shift of energy, this burst of energy, it moves the energy within your body and yes. it creates a new higher frequency for your partnership as well. And there's something really powerful about that. And most people are missing it and it's right under their nose. And they're like, I don't understand why I'm so bored with my husband. It's like, cause you guys are boring. So do something <laughs> different. <laughs> you know? And I totally get that. Cause that was me in a past relationship. So I've learned the hard way that that's, that's no fun to be in that. So you really want to have the the space, create the space for spontaneity. It really is so important. And then speaking of space, tip number three, um, have some space as well, like have some time to do your own thing, fire in order for it to really like be lit up. It needs air. It needs to breathe. It needs space. And so many people want to be like right up underneath their partner at all times and share all sorts of hobbies and do everything together and have the same set of friends. And while Preston and I share a lot together, we also have our own interests that we explore on our own time because then we can come back together and share that with each other and really say, Hey, you know, I went surfing today and Preston to tell me about his surfing experience and I can say, Hey, cool. I checked out this thing. Let me tell you about that. And it's just bringing in new content and new information into the relationship as well.
2: Yeah. And then one more tip, um, just have a lot of
1: sex. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that you said that because it's so important. Sex and intimacy is so important, which is, as you guys know, a lot of that information, soulful sex is in my next book. And I used to be one of those people that were like, it's not important because, and the reason I was saying that as I was trying to justify it to myself, but it is the glue that binds us. It is the only thing that we can do with our lover that we can't do with our besties or our our girlfriends.
1: (laughs) That's it. Otherwise, your your lover soon becomes your roommate.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I I wanted to ask you guys, this is one of my questions, like how important, obviously you guys think it is really important, but the sex and the intimacy, like, you know, what are your beliefs around that?
2: Yeah, we're having sex right now. (laughs) (laughs) really talented. Pull that off. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Um, sex is a conversation, you know, it's sex is, is the only thing in the entire world that can create another being. And so it's this sacred act, this beautiful conversation, really. That's a, a conversation within one's own self, but also, uh, the fortunate, piece is that you get to do it with another, this this beautiful dance that's never ever the same, even when it appears to be the same in structure, right? And so uh, for me, sex is like a lotus flower. It's forever unfolding. And there are layers of my heart and pieces of my consciousness that I've never touched before prior to meeting Alexi. And that I'm still discovering in our sex life in our love making life in our intimate connection like that it's so beautiful and there's so much room and space for growth and there is no destination point you know i know we all have these things in our head where we're you know like uh 50 shades of gray and we're like you know (laughs) all that stuff but like There's no end game to that. Like, it just keeps unfolding.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what's really important for us with our sex life is just being really present with one another and being really present with what's coming up in the moment and being present with the energy that's there because it's in exchange. It's this beautiful energetic exchange where you're giving a piece of yourself to your partner and you're giving the most intimate and vulnerable piece of yourself to your partner. And there's something really powerful about that. And so many of us get stuck in our heads of, oh, this isn't going the way I want it to be, or, oh, I'm, you know, feeling overweight or, oh, we did this position last time. We're so in the mental structure of sex that we're actually missing the full body experience of sex. And sex for us has, like Preston said, it just keeps unfolding and keeps diving deeper. The more we keep saying yes to the present moment of sex and truly giving ourselves over to that moment. And, You know, intimacy is not just sex as well. You know, Preston and I, another thing that we do, it's a ritual we have. We do this thing called a snuggle alarm and every, or I guess you guys would call it a cuddle, a cuddle alarm because you guys Mm -hmm. call it cuddle. Um, So every single morning we set two alarms. The first alarm wakes us up and we find each other in bed if we're not already like pretzeled together in some way. And we snuggle, we cuddle, we've got 20 minutes of uninterrupted, technology-free, no business conversation, no nothing except for intimate touch and being close to one another, being in each other's arms and having that intimate space. And then the second alarm goes off. And at that point, it's either like, okay, time to get up or that moves into sex or lovemaking, um, or it moves into something, you know, even just laying in bed and reading for a little while.
2: This morning, it was lovemaking. <laughs> it was. <laughs>
1: was, <laughs> but it's a beautiful ritual that, you know, we start every single day when we're together like that, because we know that the day can get ahead of us and things can happen and we can get really busy or stressed out. So if we're starting our day with each other in this intimate, beautiful space, we're setting our relationship up as a priority and we're setting it up for success.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. We do that. Similarly, we do that, but we don't set the alarm, but that's a really good idea, setting two alarms so that you know, okay, cool. I've got to, let's, let's leave, you know, half an hour just to create that space. And like you said before, Preston, we create our own reality. And if we don't create the space for the fun, for the spontaneity and put it into our life, it's not going to happen. No one's going to do it for us. No one's going to create the space for us. And I love that that you guys then send each other out into the day overflowing bursting with love feeling connected grounded centered and orgasmic and i just love that
1: yeah it's so important
0: No, you guys crack me up, but it's so beautiful. And, you know, it's not spoken about enough and it's really a taboo topic, but it doesn't have to be. And when you are in the midst of making deep soulful love, you are the most present you can be. Like you can't be somewhere else. And if you do, like for me, if I, if I wander off he can feel it straight away and he's he's like come back here where are you and I'm like oh I was I was ticking off my to do list sorry baby <laughs>
1: You're like, oh, sorry, I was running through the grocery list.
0: (laughs) But, you know, when you are with your soul match or your soul partner, your one, whatever you want to call it, there's nowhere to hide. Like, he can literally see it in my eyes. He's like, where are you? Come back. Come back. And I love that. You know, I really love that because I can't hide with him. He calls me out on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's true for all facets. Like if you're really with your match and a partner that is really aligned and living their highest self and their highest truth, they are going to call you on all those things that you used to get away with in your past relationships. And that's that's the, the beautiful conundrum of a conscious partnership is you will really be forced to face off with any parts of yourself that still need healing that still need to be looked at, that still need to get present and your partner ideally holds space for you to be through that, be in that journey together.
0: Mm. So I'm curious to know what is and if there is one thing that challenges you most in your relationship and how do you work through it?
2: So so I say sometimes that the thing that drives me crazy about Alexi is also the thing that drives me crazy about Alexi. And it's, it's so true. Like, she is such a go-getter and so driven and so headstrong and stubborn and just like a gangster, like a love gangster, that sometimes that challenges me. At any given moment, we're all diving between our masculine and feminine, as we said, and when I think I'm right, and so does she, it really pisses me off. And so <laughs> that's, uh, that takes many forms and fashions. One of our biggest fights was around a uh, kitchen towel that we both had a different agreement on what was neat. I thought the towel was neat. She decided that the way that I put the towel back on the the rack was not neat, and uh, away we went. and <laughs> that it, it sort of manifests itself in many ways. Um, but the bottom line is, is, that always makes me stronger. Like for instance, um, and this is sort of off topic, but on topic. When I first, when I wrote, uh, my first book, I sent it to Simon and Schuster and they literally sent it back and said, nobody will ever understand this. This is too advanced. And basically gave me my book back and said, write another one. And for me, I was pissed at first, but it made me a better writer. And so uh, it's sort of the same in relationships. If you're willing to look at it, you know, the stuff that that triggers me the most about Alexi has nothing to do with Alexi and everything to do with the parts of my own um, you know, childhood that I, that have remained unhealed. And so I have to go into those places. So she helps me reveal all the places that I've still been hiding out.
1: Yeah. And I'll say the same for me. I mean, it's, 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 it takes various forms, but it's usually a reflection of, you know, that inner six, seven, eight year old that didn't feel good enough, didn't feel accepted by her father. Like both my parents are super type A entrepreneurs and excellence was the way of life. Like if I got a 98% out of a hundred, it was, why did you miss two? And so for me, not feeling accepted, not feeling good enough, that's the trigger that comes up with me. And that gets triggered in so many ways in our relationship um, when we fight, you know, and it, it looks different, different times, but every time it happens, it's an opportunity for me to really face off of that part of myself and go deeper into that, to speak to that little seven, eight, nine year old little girl and really do some healing work with her because I know that that's why I've attracted Preston is because he is the mirror. He's a direct reflection for all that within myself.
0: Mm, and isn't it great that the things that we fight over are over a kitchen towel? You know, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick and I had a fight over the kitchen drawers one time. And, and you know... <laughs> It is hilarious when I think about it, but then I'm like, you know what? If we're if that's all we've got to fight about, I think we're doing pretty well. And if we're learning something, then that's awesome too. So um Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. Now with you guys being in the public eye, it's very easy for others to put you and your relationship on a pedestal, but we all face these, you know, same challenges. So is there any common misconceptions that the public have about you guys as a couple?
1: I I mean, I would just say in general, people think that just because, you know, we're conscious and we do the work and all the stuff that we never fight that we're our relationship is just sunshines and rainbows all the time and life just seems to miss us with all the thunderstorms like they just seem to bounce over our hill (laughs) and for us we always laugh at that because you know and we talk about this in our workshops and in our book the most damning thing you can do to anybody in the public eye is to make them inhuman and you know, it's a constant reminder that none of us are any better than any one of us. And none of us escape this thing called life and life has beautiful sunny days and life has days that are thunderstorms. And I think most people really forget that just because they see us in a particular way, doesn't mean we don't have our human moments. And we're, we're constantly reminding them of our humanness. And even though we tell them, and even though we remind them, you know, they tend to forget
2: for me, I'm perfect all the time and so <laughs> this exception is that no I'm just playing um, everything she said, everything she said my wife's always
1: right <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip too. <laughs>
0: Uh, Just going back, something that just popped into my head, Nick says happy wife, happy life as well, but something that popped into my head, he says an orgasm a day keeps the divorce lawyer away. And and it's so true. He's like, life is great if I'm giving my wife orgasms. And And it's so true.
1: Like, if you think about what sex creates between the two of you, it creates this like It actually scientifically and chemically releases a feel-good hormone. So at least for the next few hours, you're just riding high, feeling really good. Life is great. So you have access to that all the time. Why not use it? It's like a direct tool to happiness.
0: Totally. And it is healing. That orgasmic energy is creative energy. It's life force energy. It's healing energy. And when those hormones are swimming through your veins, you are literally like activating all of that healing, creative life force energy in your body. And it feels so good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, I believe that in order to be of service to your lover, that you have to show up first for yourself and you have to make sure that you know, you're know you overflowing and you're doing the work. So how do you both make sure that you're overflowing within yourself first and not coming ever from that place of lack or need or fear?
2: It's very difficult to never come from lack, um, but we definitely... Uh, both of us, and the interesting thing about both of us is one of the things that I love the most about Alexia is she's so committed to her own uh, personal growth journey. Like I know that with or without me, she is headed in a direction of being her best version. And so I'm the same. Before we ever met each other, we were both in this game, and very committed to it, and so it's kind of easy for us in that way. Like that's one of the areas of our lives that we can easily trust. We have a lot of people who come to us who have a different experience of their uh, husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends, and we tend to coach them and remind them that just because their husband doesn't uh, isn't you know reading self help books doesn't mean he isn't. Um, growing and or expressing certain qualities that are amazing. Like if he takes time to play video games and like hang out with his friends, that's actually a beautiful transformational tool. He's actually taking time and that's a a form of self-love. But some people can't see that because they think it needs to come in, you know, personal development workshops and seminars.
1: Yeah. And I think for both of us, it's, it's really about, filling our cups and being responsible for filling our cups and taking care of what we know our needs are. Like we both have very different needs and we both operate in very different ways. So I think both of us just really making sure we take care of ourselves and do the things that nourish us and feel good for us so that when we come to the relationship, we're coming from this beautiful overflow space where it just feels so good, it feels so gushy and so juicy that it's not putting our voids and putting our hurts and putting our problems on our partner. And that doesn't mean to say that we can't come to our partner and have a bad day because that does happen. Again, life happens. So in terms of, you know, if I'm having a bad day and I come to Preston, Preston is there to support me, but he's also there to call me forward and to really say, okay, what do you need to do to fill your cup? And then how can I support you in that and vice versa? So that's really kind of how we handle both the overflow and when we're feeling the lack in our cup.
2: Yeah. Chapter two of our book, Now or Never, is Radical Responsibility. Mm -hmm. And for us, this is a fundamental staple of not only our personal lives, but also our business life and our relationship. So for both of us, it's this understanding that whatever is happening, we caused, allowed, perpetuated, and or created in some form or fashion. And so taking responsibility for our lives and and not, uh, you know, placing blame, but rather taking responsibility is the name of the game.
0: Mm. I love that. So true. And for someone who's listening and maybe they are in a relationship and they are feeling like, oh my goodness, you know, I've got so far to go. My husband or my partner is so closed. Am I ever going to experience this type of love that Alexi and Preston are talking about? What would be your advice to them?
1: Hmm, The biggest thing is, is be the example, be the change you wish to see in others light the path, you know, so many people, especially people, obviously your audience is into personal development. They're listening to this and people in personal development, a lot of times out of our love for people, we want to get them into this work. So we kind of push it on them and we say, Hey, you should listen to this. Hey, you should read this book. Hey, you should come to this workshop or seminar. And it often pushes people away. And there is no better way to enroll somebody in something than to be so radically on fire in your life. So lit up from the inside that people go, Whoa, what is that? And when they do that, when they see that you are living a life so on fire, that your, your light is so bright, you then start to light the way for other people. And they start to say, okay, what are you reading? What are you doing? Where can I follow? And if they don't do that, you're living your light. You're burning and, and shining bright. And some people will fall out of your life and that's okay. You know, I think a lot of times we're so stuck and fixed on this idea that it's got to be this person and it's got to work out this way. But if you keep focusing on living your highest alignment, your highest excitement, becoming and revealing your highest self then who is meant for your life will show up and who is not meant for your life will not show up or fall away from it. And these are the cycles of life. And sometimes we really just have to surrender to the cycle and stop trying to force life to find us on our time. You know, letting life do its thing and staying committed to ourself and our own journey, but allowing others to be on their journey as well.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, I would say... Anybody in that place, I would, I would immediately ask them to go within and think about and remember why they said yes. Mm-hmm. To remember who they fell in love with and what aspects of that person they fell in love with. A lot of times it's, it's not, you know, nothing externally needs to change. It's just a, a difference of perspective. You know, our outlook determines our outcome. So what we focus on and what we appreciate appreciates. And so immediately I would remind them to look at and begin to pour gratitude into this beautiful being out of eight billion people on the planet that has come into your space. That person that made you laugh. That person that made you snort and, and almost pee your pants from laughter. That person who, who you cried with. That person that was there when your first kid was born and almost fainted because there was so much blood. That guy, that girl. Remember that person and, and then, and then tell them share a memory, right? You know, this thing, this relationship thing, one of, the, one of the worst things we can do is get so caught up looking at someone else's grass and someone else's yard that we, that we forget what we're standing in. You know, there's a lot of magic, a lot of beauty that you already have. It's already here. It's not a matter of becoming. It's a matter of revealing. And the revealing process happens when we place our intention and our attention on that which is going right that which is beautiful, that which is 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 perfect, even in its imperfections.
0: Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. That was so beautiful. And so often our ego can say to us, the grass is greener, but sometimes the grass isn't greener. And the grass is greener where you water it and where you put your attention and where you, you know, Express gratitude. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything that you've said. It's just so beautiful. Thank you. I'm curious to know what is one thing you are currently both working on that you'd like to improve or work on within yourself at the moment, right now? Like, is there anything that's quite current for you guys individually?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing I'm working on is really settling back into the trust and the knowing that I'm divinely held and what that feels like, like really tapping into what that energy feels like. If I truly surrender to that knowing that I'm fully held, fully supported, fully taken care of that, my energy can be really grounded yet still make an impact. And my energy can be really, really just at ease and in that state of grace and still be on fire, like playing with those polarities and really allowing myself to sink deeper and deeper into the space of my own divinity. So I can share that with the world and hopefully continue to make an impact with it.
2: Like I said earlier, I'm perfect. so. Uh... <laughs> No.
1: Like, I'm,
2: I'm done. I'm just good. I'm good. Uh, for me, um, one of the biggest things I'm working on as it pertains to relationship, if that's what your question was, is, is lightening the load. Um, uh, caring, but not carrying. Because sometimes I have a tendency to care and take things personal, and then I carry it with me. And that is not conducive for a um, powerful relationship or a powerful relationship with myself. Because as you know, the body is storing all of the, the stories and, and, and the, the stuff that we hold. So for me, it's, it's about letting go of, of the stuff that doesn't work and, and not being so fixated on it being the way I think it should. And actually just surrendering and, and like, you know, choosing, but not wanting, and, oh, yeah, I choose that. And if it shows up in a different color at a different time in a different way, or perfect, that's, that's exactly what it was supposed to be. And, and not taking it personal when it doesn't show up or, uh, play out the way I think it should.
0: Mm, dropping those expectations. Hey, Indeed. yes, I love it. Now, let's pretend you guys have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your books, which are <laughs> which are amazing, by the way, what book would you each choose to put in the high school curriculum?
2: We both have, even before we met each other, we were reading the same books and we we have the same favorite book. So I'll choose that one and she'll choose another one. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, us, I know (laughs) for sure, it would be Conversations with God, Mm -hmm. book
1: one. Mm -hmm. That book is
2: pure magic. So good. Yes.
1: It's so good. And then the book I would choose is The Tao uh, because it's a simple yet profound look at the philosophy of life through the lens of nature. And I really appreciate how the Tao is open-ended, doesn't have any dogma attached to it. And I feel like high schools around the world, it could relate to anybody from any religion, from any background, um, and still touch them in a really profound and beautiful way.
0: Mm, Beautiful, yes. Conversations with God was one of my first books I ever picked up and it just is the whole time. I think the whole thing is highlighted. Literally yeah. the whole thing.
1: Yeah. That, you should see all of our books from Conversations with God. It's like, the whole thing is in highlights. <laughs> notes. there's pen scribbles, dog ears.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a goodie. If you haven't read it, you guys should check it out. So let's talk about how your day looks. I am obsessed with morning routines and how people prime themselves for the day. Now you guys are traveling at the moment, so maybe there isn't a routine or a structure, but is there a couple of non-negotiables or things that you do to really set yourself up for success?
1: Yeah, I would say we're definitely on the non-negotiable train versus the scheduled routine train, because we are on a plane like once a week in a different city, different time zone. So our schedules are constantly in a state of flux, but non-negotiables for both of us is reading, learning, listening to something that's expanding our consciousness, expanding our awareness, or, um, really having us face off with what we currently believe is true. Like we constantly are in a state of learning And then another non-negotiable is getting outside. So whether we're in a city um, where it's concrete jungle, we'll make sure we go outside and go for a walk. Or if we're in a place where there's the ocean nearby, we're going to walk to the ocean or go for a hike or go in the woods. We're constantly reminding ourselves to get outside to get some of that, you know, sunshine and wind and life energy of the world um, to really fuel the rest of our day.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Now I would love to hear three things that you are each most recently grateful for.
2: Okay. Uh, number one would be the tribe that I, I have a, a mastermind group, a six month, uh, total freedom bootcamp, and there's a new tribe in Uh, in my stress 22 and they are amazing. They're from all over the world and a lot of them are super analyzers. And so they're making me work harder than I usually do. (laughs) And I'm just really grateful for them um, because it's it's causing me to be a better teacher. Um, Number two, uh, I am grateful for the flow that Alexi and I have been in with our relationship and even our business. Both of us are you know growing leaps and bounds and even in our relationship we've just been we've hit like a really beautiful stride and um i'm personally thinking about messing it all up tonight so uh, <laughs> don't do it don't
1: do
2: <laughs> um, it number 3 would be uh <laughs> the future we uh, i've chosen to really get clear on uh the next year and really the next 3 to 5 years and I can see it clearly. I can see a little beautiful baby girl. I can see us having a place in the jungle in Hawaii or somewhere where there's, I can surf and also be in the ocean and, and, and the jungle. And it's, it's just all right in front of us and I see it unfolding. And so I'm just grateful for the future and what's to come. I know I'm creating it now. And, and so it's a beautiful thing that I've been grateful for recently.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think for me, the the things that come top of mind are getting really clear about what I actually desire and what Preston and I actually desire for our lives and what that looks like and what the number is. And just like, we just recently really came back to what our definition of an abundant life is and getting really clear on what that's going to take. And we're already living it. And that was this beautiful moment of like, oh my gosh, we're already, we're already there. If we did nothing else, if we stopped scaling, if we didn't write any more books and didn't do any more workshops, like we're living the most abundant version of our lives that really feels so good and just so incredible for us. So really coming to terms with that and just really getting clear on that felt really good. It felt like this huge aha moment and just massive amounts of gratitude. Um, second, I'm going to say I am so grateful for my resourcefulness. Um, I, I'm recently in a launch and had a lot of technical difficulties and all these breakdowns that occurred and all these things that happened. And I was telling Preston the other day that it really brought me so much clarity around the value of resourcefulness and the value of this, like, get it done no matter what and figure out the thing that you can't figure out. Like there's always a way, there's always a way. And I love that my parents instilled that in me at such a young age. And I just was feeling so grateful for having that be my go-to emotion. Like, okay, what do I need to figure out? What do I need to do? Because in essence, it felt like it saved a lot of the launch that was happening. Um, third, I will say I'm so grateful for life, like just everything about life. I feel like, like Preston was saying, we're just in a stride right now and not even just with us, but our friends, our, uh, environment, our opportunities, like everything is expanding and it just feels so aligned and everyone in our lives is doing so well and really tapping into their gifts and really creating massive impact in the world. And the fact that we get to do this in this lifetime together and be a part of this thing that will shift humanity forever, like I just feel so blown away by it. So I think those are my three.
0: Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Just got a couple more questions before we wrap up. What is one of the most important things that you think we could do today for our health?
2: Um, Number one, and we teach this in our workshops and we teach this all the time, uh, awareness proceeds choice. So one of the most uh, important things you can do for your health is to take inventory Of what's going in in all aspects music television Netflix Facebook uh, what you put over your lip and into your mouth and how it makes you feel at from a moment to moment day by day basis Uh, taking certain things out of your diet and then going oh that's interesting I haven't eaten gluten for three days and my face is not as swollen and I have more energy hmm maybe I'll stop eating gluten or hmm uh, fast food You know, when I'm eating fast food and I take it away, my pimples go away. You know, things like that. Just starting with the uh, awareness and then making choices.
1: Yeah. And I'll add to that movement. Get your body moving. And it doesn't have to look like traditional exercise. I think. So many people are fixated on this idea that, oh, I've got to go to the gym. And it's like, if the gym doesn't excite you, don't go to the gym. I never go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, neither of us go to the gym. I hate the gym. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're excited by hiking in nature, go do that. If you're excited by surfing, go do that. If yes. you're excited by running with your dog, go do that. Woo! Dancing your ass off, go do that. Get it. Find something that turns you on and lights you up. If it's pole dancing, if it's uh, skateboarding, whatever it is, Go move your body. So many people are just sedentary for 24 out of 24 hours a day, not moving. And we wonder why our body is in dis-ease because there's no movement. There's no movement of that energy and all that stagnation causes buildup and blocks and those blocks become
0: disease. Mm, absolutely. Whilst we have been doing this interview, I am standing at my stand up desk and I have been standing and then sitting and squatting and standing and then <laughs> squatting and then standing and then squatting. So I, I am moving my butt. So that is good. Now I'd love to hear what is one of the most important things that you think we could do for wealth and abundance and, you know, financial abundance and career abundance, all, all areas of your life. What's one thing that you guys think we could do today that will help that?
2: Yeah. Uh, so for me and Alexi, we both have a similar philosophy, uh, is, first define what that looks like because most people are on default. Most people are operating from you know uh, what their mothers or fathers or school system or government said they should be doing. A lot of people find themselves in jobs that their cousin said they would be good at out, out, out of university and 20 years later they're working at something and never actually defined what success looked like for them. So you, you define it and then you design it.
1: Yeah, and I'll add to that. Um, To actually generate more inflow in your life, you have to generate more outflow. And this is what most people are missing. You know, with the law of attraction and the secret, everyone's just sitting at home writing checks to themselves and going, where's the money? What's happening? You have to generate more outflow. Everything is circulation in this world and in this universe. And in order to create more inflow, you must be moving. You must be creating energy out. So that could look like, how do you create more value in the world? It could also look like if you have a business, where do you need to market more or network more or put yourself out there on Facebook with Facebook lives more, how can you put more energy out in service so
0: that you can bring more energy in Mm -hmm. love it? Now, what is one of the most important things that we can do for love, more love in the world, more self-love, just more love in general?
2: Mm, yeah, uh, I have this little little thing that I, I say in my head all the time, um, and I call it the master formula, and I made a video about it, and that is accept what is, let go of what was, have faith in what will be, and be here now.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that. Um, love yourself, work on the journey of loving yourself because everything in your external world is a direct reflection of the love that you have for yourself. So the more you love you, the more your reality and the view of the world shifts.
2: No, you know what? One of the things I've been playing with and just, uh, really like reminding myself of is that my new life, is definitely gonna cause and and, and and cost me my old life. Like where where I'm going is going I cannot bring the old habits and patterns into that life. And so uh, really being mindful of the old habits that we've cultivated, understanding that that they will never create new patterns, like they they won't create, uh, new manifestations because if they would, then that's exactly what we would have.
0: Absolutely. Now my final question, what is one thing that I personally and our awesome listeners can do to serve you guys today? How can we be of service to you?
2: Send us one million dollars in the mail right now. <laughs>
1: no, honestly, the the best way you could be of service is to to take one thing from this interview, take one thing from this discussion, and actually put it to use. Like, oh. I know for me, I love information, and I've been. Taking it from wherever I can get it since I was a teenager. And when my life actually changed is when I took that information, took that knowledge, turned it into wisdom by taking action on it and committing to the action. So please take one thing that resonated with you and try it on for at least a week and then see how you feel.
2: And then send us $1 million. (laughs)
0: Oh guys, this has just been so beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and for the work that you do individually and together. I am so honored to have you in my life, to have Jake Ducey connect us. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. You guys are the real deal. You are such light beams, such trailblazers and light workers. And I'm so grateful that you are out there fiercely sharing you know, your truth and what resonates with you. So thank you so much. And I'm just so grateful to have you guys here and have you in my life.
1: Oh, well, we absolutely feel the same. And thank you for all the work you do and the service that you continue to put out in the world. And um, we just love, love, love that our paths crossed and cannot wait for more experiences together.
0: Woohoo! Yeah, baby. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right. Bye. How was that? I love those guys so much and feel very grateful to have them in my life. I'm going to take Lexi's advice and implement one thing from today into my own life, and that is the snuggle alarm. I want to encourage you to pick the biggest thing that has resonated for you today and implement that into your life. And let me know in the comments under the show notes how you go. And if you loved today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes, because that means we can inspire even more people together and we can get on more epic humans on the show. And don't forget to tell me on Twitter who you would like me to interview and make sure you tag me at Mel underscore Ambrosini and the person you want me to interview using the hashtag, TheMelissaReview. Ambrosini show. And for everything that we mentioned in today's podcast, you can check out in the show notes and that is at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 26. And you can also check out all my other podcast episodes there too. So thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you you seriously rock. Now, if there's someone in your life or a partner that you can think of that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. And until next time, beautiful, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Before I go, don't forget, if you are a female coach, consultant, or a service provider wanting to take your business to six or seven figures, check out SheLaunch. All you have to do is head to SheLaunch.com, watch the free training on that page, and book in your free call. That's SheLaunch.com. Head there right now, and I cannot wait to meet and work with you and take you and your business to the stars. Now is the time, my friend.